Welcome to the Home Medic. You are listening to the segment on four-legged creatures, mice, rats, squirrels, raccoons, good stuff. And welcome back to the Home Medic, where we help you keep your money in your wallet and your family out of the hospital. We're talking, you know, we've been talking Heidi Hansine about yes. uh, mice thus far. How about we talk about rats? All right, let's do. That's a topic I fortunately have a little less experience with, but I've got a couple of... Yeah, couple here of, where you and I live, there are much fewer rats than mice. Which we, makes me really happy. Yeah. Now, if you talk about New York, for example... That can turn around a little bit. I spent some time in El Salvador and Guatemala where after a heavy rainstorm, mm. and I found out what the term drowned rat really meant. You get these rats that are in the sewer system, and there's so many of them, and then you get these gully washers that they pretty much drown, almost. And then some of those little rats will come out, and they're basically drunk on an overdose of sewer water. Mm. And they're just wandering around blind in the street. <laughs> And, really? and then the cars run them over. Really? Yeah. That's sort of fascinating that in, in a weird there. way. <laughs> All the experts said that, you know, there was like five rats to every human being down there. And there was a lot of people down there. Really? And it's my understanding that in places like New York, also the rats grossly outnumber the people. So what makes it more favorable to a rat than a mouse? I'm just, I mean, maybe that's not too relevant, but I'm just kind of curious. You know, I'm thinking the rats are probably living in sewer systems that are big enough diameter that they can do that mm. obviously for a rat like any other critter you're looking for food and shelter right and you've got that in a five or ten foot diameter sewer line and they're a little bit more hardy and bigger than the mice so they're not going to drown as easily obviously right. right with the gushes of water let's talk about rats should we all right let's do i saw a little cringe on her face folks. i like to learn i'm i'm not <laughs> excited i'm just glad i don't have them but let's do talk about them because if someone does have them i'd like to help them out so let's say you got the rat going on obviously your choices are again you got snap traps you got the glue traps you've got the pellets and there are strengths and weaknesses to each of them should we start with the snap traps sure if you use a mouse snap trap to try and catch a rat... You might cut their tonal off, maybe? Yeah, pretty much. You'll irritate the rat, and then he's not going to go for any sort of a trap again. Mm. If you want to annoy your rats, then put mouse traps up there. Rats are bigger. Much than, bigger. Yes. They need a rat snap trap in order to get them. Here's another one of those little tips. Quite often, obviously, a rat is smart enough that they're going to be very leery of a brand new trap with peanut butter or mm. melted chocolate or whatever it is on there, right? So their mommy taught them to know better? They did. Stay away from rat traps? Mommy teaches them, <laughs> apparently, to avoid that sort of thing. One thing that you can do is you can put just the rat trap, not loaded, you know, no peanut butter, nothing. Well, I guess you could put the peanut butter up there. But you put that up in areas where you suspect the mice to be living. You mean just let them think it's part of the furniture first? Pretty much. That's exactly right. And then they will mark it as safe with their urine. And you leave that up there for a week, 10 days, maybe two weeks. And then... You're going to go get that rat trap, which now is marked with rat urine, so you're probably going to want to use gloves. Mm. And now you're going to load that trap up. Ah. And so the rat, which now thinks that this trap is safe, is going to 
waddle up to the trap and he's going to get had. Are they attracted to the same bait as the mice are? Like the chocolate dripped on there? Or you, yeah, you, you mentioned can, peanut butter, so yeah, I'm you, guessing. You'd mentioned the chocolate dripped on there. I yes. Think that's oh, actually, awesome. yes, I did mention that because that keeps them from being able to just grab the bait and run. They have to literally chew on the, you melt the chocolate on there, uh-huh. so it makes like a little chocolate chip. And as they try to nibble it off, then it trips the trap. Right. I'm glad you had to say that, not me. Trips the trap. Yeah, that's kind of like. <laughs> Tongue twister for the morning. Toy boat for a black bug's blood. <laughs> so there are signs that you've got rats up there, obviously, if you see one. But there's cleared areas. You can see remains. Obviously, there's feces. In another one of the segments, we talked about how rat feces are going to be more of a sausage than a pellet. And they're going to be a quarter to three quarters inch. Mm-hmm. And if you have a rat in a confined area, I'm just going to throw this out again. Dry ice actually will work extremely well for that. If you've got them in a bin or a box or something like uh-huh. that. Or a closet. Maybe you've got them in an attic. It wouldn't work so well because you're going to hopefully have attic vents. You're going to have soffit and gable vents. Well, and, and you, it would be the quantity of dry ice you'd have to buy. Yeah, and then you've so. got all these square feet of attic space that you're going to have to push the oxygen out. And so it wouldn't work in a space like that. Right. I think the situation I was talking about was somebody who had one in a little small root cellar. Uh-huh. And they decided to get rid of it like that. Good way to do it without having to do direct battle with the rat. Right. And without the fear of them being able to escape. You just kind of open it up, toss in the dry ice, and let the dry ice do its work. Right. Yeah, that's an option as well. Then the glue traps. In many cases, the, the rats can get away from those. And then there's the discussion about whether glue traps are humane. Now, one of the websites I went to was basically, hey, you know, if you've got a critter inside your house... That's where the line about being humane gets drawn. Right. You've got to be humane to your children. Yes. I don't know about all of our listeners, but I would rather that my children be treated humanely than the rat. Exactly. So I've mentioned the mouse-proof, too, for mice, and no, we're not getting any kickback from that. We're going to have to go just... call those guys and see if we can get a sponsorship. Maybe we should, because I heartily recommend that from my own experience, not from any endorsement that we're getting. But or not from any endorsement that we've been paid to give, I should say. But the question is, it says on the thing it works for mice and rats. I'm guessing that maybe there is some sort of a rat killer made by my favorite brand of that, Decon, that actually does work, and that might be helpful too. Yeah, and then obviously as the geographic regions change and the years change, there will be products come and go. I would be hesitant about telling you to use X because, you know, next year there will be Y. Garth is so much better about that than I am, so he's going to have to fire me or you're, or fired, you're going Heidi. to Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, you got the snap traps there. Those are the best. And I am going to have to preface this little story with a caveat. Okay. And that's that I found through evil scientistry, which I have been known to do on occasion. Right. That if you drip bacon grease... Mm. on aluminum foil, and you use that aluminum foil to create a bowl. Yes. That that makes a very good attractant to critters of all varieties. Mice, rats, raccoons. Problem is that it also attracts dogs. Whoa, so you could have your your dog? Yeah. What I've been known to do is to put that sort of thing inside a little cage-type trap. Oh, yes. 
you know, you can control what goes in there and gets trapped. So I know you don't like to recommend brands. Are you going to post a brand of cage trap on your website? Just because I think different brands work differently. Yeah, you know what I think I'll do is I'll actually find a, a trap that I like maybe on Amazon. Okay. And I'll just provide a link to that trap. Oh, that's a great idea. Maybe we'll create a home medic brand. So what I found, and here's my experience. Uh, you can learn from this and decide how much of it to use. But basically, we knew we had critters. Yes. And so I used the bacon grease. I put it there inside the aluminum foil. I put that in the trap. Oh. And man, it attracted the critters. In this case, it wasn't a rat. It was actually a raccoon. Really? So I might have to repeat this story for the raccoon podcast. But he went in there. He had been very difficult to get to. Uh, yes. You know, that trap had been out there for weeks. We'd already caught his wife. <laughs> you know, I actually had called the cops. They had the trap. They came out. You know, they picked up his wife and took her off. And I'm sure they shot her or did whatever they did. Using the bacon grease, I caught the male. So he not only ate the bacon grease, but he also ate that aluminum foil. You're kidding me. And at first, you know, after we caught him, it was morning. And, of course, he got caught sometime around 2 a.m. But by morning, he was snarling and he was staring us down. He was, you know, was my dog, 170 pounds of furball. He was going to win that competition with my dog. Really? He had some attitude. So he was a fearless little guy. But the police didn't show up until about four in the afternoon. And by that time, this male was almost dead anyway. And I think it was, the tinfoil killed his digestive system. Right. So at this point, you get to draw whatever conclusions you decide to draw about the humanity of, Whether or not you want uh, of to using tin foil. Bacon grease on tin foil. Right. I wonder if they were fascinated by that shininess too. I wonder if they... Possibly. But, you know, those traps, the live traps are a way to go. Just be aware if you are doing this with the cops, they're not going to go just, you know, and this may vary depending on state and year, but the cops that I've dealt with, they just take it somewhere and shoot it. So is it illegal to kill it yourself or is that just a way that you don't have to worry about that? I mean, maybe some people don't even have a weapon or don't want to deal with it. Is it yeah. illegal or is it? For me, I didn't want to deal with it. Right. Illegal, I'm going to say, you know, if you're in an area where you can shoot. Mm-hmm. Obviously, outside of city limits, it's probably legal. Of course, then you'd have to shoot up your trap, too. So maybe it is better just to call somebody. Well, my thought was to let it escape and then give it a hunter's chance. And once it's out of the cage, <laughs> and assuming that it doesn't turn on you and eat you for lunch, then you can give it maybe 10, yeah, 20 feet. Yeah, that's the sporty side of you coming out there, Garth. <laughs> make a game out of it. Give the prey a fair chance. That's right. You know, or you mm. could do something like... You know, a carbon monoxide poisoning, or there's a lot of options. I've heard of people actually dipping the whole trap inside water and drowning the animal, and that just, even that one, seems that little... seems the least humane to me. Mm -hmm. I would rather, I don't know, I, I guess if you're an animal and you had to choose between eating and dying from aluminum versus being drowned, I don't know which one I'd choose. Oh, that's a, that would be a tough one. Both are probably not too pleasant. Obviously, it's going to be effective to drown the animal, but I couldn't bring myself to do that. Yeah. So those yeah. are those are your choices, and you can do that with whether it's raccoons or rats or whatever. Now, let's talk about squirrels. Seems how we're in the legality department. Okay. Everywhere that I'm aware of, it is legal to kill rats, raccoons, and mice, however and whenever you choose, as long as you're not discharging a gun within city limits. Okay. 
if it is squirrels, there are places where you have to get a permit first. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. The thought is, well, maybe we just let Mr. Squirrel out into the wilderness again. But you know, if you let him out in a close area to your home, he's He'll just going to go back to where he's used to. And I'm not here to tell you that you should move him away one mile away, five miles away, or a hundred miles away. You know, how far is far enough? I don't have that answer. I bet a hundred miles is enough if you're willing to drive that far. But uh-huh. <laughs> who yeah. wants to, right? Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, I talked to a snake guy. And yes. he is required by law to, once the snake has been captured, he's required to basically drive around the corner. And release that snake. Are you serious? Yeah. That doesn't so, stop him from charging four or $500. Are you serious? And then That's good to know. Yeah. So don't pay those guys too much till you find out how far away from your home they're going to deliver the <laughs> pest. And there are They might laws. want job security. Drop it off and let, it, let them call yeah. you back in two months. Oh. Repeat customers. Uh, that can change depending on state laws and years. But that is the understanding that I have that is the general rule. Mm. And I can't imagine that changing too much. That is not a good thought. <laughs> Master of your mansion, you know, if your mansion has rats and squirrels, it's not a mansion. Let's make it a teepee in the forest, should <laughs> we? <laughs> you, Heidi, are now master of your teepee in the forest mansion. Yeah, all right. That at least has no rats and squirrels. I'll deal with the it. critters running around the outside of the teepee. Yes. At least it's a mansion that doesn't have I've critters I've got my fire in the middle inside. of the teepee to keep the critters away. I can see you in that. Cooking in, the soup on the... In that massive... It's a large teepee. It's I'm got making a thousand, squirrel soup. It's tasty. <laughs> <laughs> squirrels Wild and the mushrooms nuts that and the squirrels have created for you. <laughs> oh, hey, throw a few acorns in and squirrel and, so and mushroom you, soup. Uh, <laughs> homemedicusa.com as always and if you uh, like squirrels then make squirrel soup because <laughs> everybody else is taken mm-hmm. <laughs> hi this is julia mckay with your natural solutions tip for the day oh we are talking about eucalyptus which has one of the most widespread uses there are Everything from placing a few drops in your hands and inhaling, it will deeply clear your mind. It also lessens feelings of tension and promotes feelings of relaxation. And I don't know about you, but I can use a little of that in my life. And tell me about your shower, Julie. Oh my gosh, I love this in my shower. Get that steam going, put a couple drops in, and you just have like a little sauna going. Also, it has purifying properties that can be beneficial for the skin and for cleansing surfaces and the air. If you'd like to know more about eucalyptus, contact us at naturalsolutions at homemedicworld.com.